I'm not trying to play any repeats. I'm not trying to play any interviews from Eberflus. Not yet, at least. I'd rather just talk to you guys. So I'm here for your thoughts, man. I'm here to to really just talk about what we think about our team, what we think about the Chicago Bears after a game like this. All last season, we were losing games, but it didn't feel like a loss. And here I am winning a game, and it feels like a loss. It's like I'm, I'm it's a bizarro land that I'm stuck in. But let's go to the phone lines. Maybe you're stuck there too. 312 644 67 67. Let's go to Jack out in the southwest side, but literally Arizona. Uh, Jack, talk to me about the uh, the rumors that you're hearing, man. Jack, talk to me about the uh, rumors that you're hearing or that you think you're hearing, uh, Jack in Arizona. I will be the next head coach of the Bears. How about that? What's the, what? What did you say? The who? I said Jim Harbaugh will might might be the next head coach of the Chicago Bears. Would you like that? That's the rumor. Oh, I would love that. Why? I remember why he was a quarterback number four for the Bears, uh, and then uh, he's very offensive. He went to the Super Bowl with with San Francisco against his brother, the Harbaugh Bowl. Oh yeah, and he's very offensive minded. He doesn't uh, take no BS for anybody. And I really believe he'll he'll change the whole dynamics of of the of the team. I really think so. So you think he'll be a better That's, coach than uh, than Eberflus? Oh, well, he could probably keep him as a defensive coordinator. Hmm. It's a, but that's actually up to Jim Harbaugh. That's his call. Now he's the one who gets all the coaches. But I like to have him as the head coach of the Bears. Okay. And he's he, and he's a Bear anyways. He yeah. was a Bear. And a quarterback number four. I remember. I remember in the early nineties when, when Dicker was the coach. Of course, he threw a pick six to the Vikings. We lost that game twenty-one to twenty, and Dicker went ballistic over him. <laughs> you know what? I tell you something, man. That, see, I've been a Bear fan when Sid Luckman was quarterbacking. Oh wow! So I, so you know. Where I come from, mm, all right, I, live right by, I live right by Wrigley Field, anyways. Yeah, you've, you've had life. a lot of heartache. That's what it is. That's what oh, it is, Jack. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, back in the sixties, in the fifties, I remember the game in uh, nineteen fifty-six when the Bears lost forty-seven to seven to New York Giants. But that's, that's many a great years memory, ago. Jack. I got to be honest, man. <laughs> Let me ask you this question though, because obviously you've seen a lot of Bears football over your time, right? So talk to me about, oh, yeah. I mean, and you mentioned Jim Harbaugh as, as the new coach, but would you, if is Jim Harbaugh going to keep Justin Fields? What are your thoughts on Justin Fields? That's up to him. But, you know, personally, I think Justin Fields, he's got deer in the headlights. That's, that's the way I look at it. He, he's he's kind of confused. A lot of things are going through his mind. He doesn't know where he wants to throw the ball. He wants to run first. Yeah, yeah. That's That's my take on that. He ejected the problem. No, you get, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You get that guy. You get that guy, Tyson Bajans. No, no, no. I'm not gonna let you, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let you finish that. I'm not going to let you finish that. Absolutely not. You had me. You had me at, you had me at deer in headlights because I love the, 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 I love the assessment because sometimes it is true. Um, but I would have loved, but, but I'm not going to let you say that Tyson Bajans is better than Justin Fields. I won't, I won't, I won't stand for that. But thanks, Jack. I think I appreciate the call, man. Call me next time I do the show. Overnight. Uh, it's Gabe Ramirez, your night host here on 670 The Score, but getting a little overnight action. I, I love, listen, if there's one shift I'd actually love, this is the one right here. Like, But let me be very clear. Like a late night, like a Thursday night game or a Monday night game, Sunday night game, and then I come on right after that, yeah, I'm here for that each and every time because then we get the true passion. And my passion almost mirrored that of our next caller, and I'll explain why in a second. But let's go to Dan. Out in Ukrainian village, Dan, talk to me, man. Oh my God, fire everybody, dude! <laughs> I'm so done with this team. They can't even lose right. They can't even lose right, dude. That's so true. They can't even lose right. They, Justin they get... Fields. <laughs> Justin Fields threw one pass tonight for 36 yards, and we're he's what like seven and 30 as a starter. Ibu Flus doesn't even know how to coach, dude. And this is Paul's guy, second round Claypool. Paul's guy, like screw everything. Yeah, this was tear it down to it was, tear it down to studs, like knock down Hallis Hall 
in Lake Forest, moved to Arlington, you know, burn down Soldier Field, start over. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for the call. Uh, that's how I was feeling. I'm telling you, man, as I, as I was watching this game and watching it unfold, Bears down 10 to 9, giving up the ball, you know, and thank God the Vikings suck today, right? Because if their offense is able to muster up 10 yards, then that field goal means nothing. All they had to do was get 10 yards to be able to kick a field goal. They, they, they chose not to kick the 61-yarder. I make That makes sense to me. And then they it just... They just needed 10 yards. Couldn't even get it. Would have put the game out of reach. Bears weren't going to put up a tutty. And then they can't lose. Right. But here's what I was thinking. So I told Pat Patrick Manley as he was leaving. Pat Manley was in the studio today. As he was leaving, I said I had the greatest. Sean, can you hear me? Yeah. Come, you got it. Well, stay right there. I want you to hear the bit. The bit was hilarious. The bit was, I said, if the Bears were going to lose, right, or if the Bears would have lost, I was going to text my wife to be like, is it okay if I stay at the station until they fire Matt Eberflus or Luke Getze, one or the other. That was going to be the bit. Like, if they would have lost this game, I would have stood right here at least until, like, one or two. I would have stayed till the afternoon, and the bit would have been me being here until they fired somebody. And then I would have asked my wife, like, if they didn't fire anybody, like, could I stay, could I stay one whole day so that I would have spent 24 hours at the station ready to break the news? Because I, I was the assumption is that it was going to happen. That was the bit. But guess what? They don't even know how to lose right. Just like Dan in Ukrainian Village said, they don't even know how to lose right. It's painful. It was painful. But I'm glad they won, though. I'm very clear. Let's be very clear. I'm glad they won. I'm glad Justin Fields came down at the end and got the victory. Because it's better than talking about what, what it would have been like if they would have lost. Sheesh. And I, did I really want to spend 24 hours here at the score? I don't know. My wife wouldn't have liked that. Uh, let's go out to, back out to the phone lines. Herschel in Lincoln Park. Talk to me, man. Hey, what's up, man? Chilling. How you doing? Chilling. So, uh, where's our boy Corey at tonight? Man, Corey, Corey got a uh, family and kids, man. He got a, you know, and he got money. I got to work. He got money, money. You know what I'm saying? Old man, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> hey, so I want to tell you, first of all, it's good talking to you again. But also, I wanted to say that maybe if we just, first of all, just get rid of Getty. I'm okay with keeping loose, even though I want Jim Harbaugh. But at the same time, what do you think about the scenario of drafting? If we have the one and four pick today, as the season ended, and we pick, some people were saying, hey, you can't pick a wide receiver number one. But the thing is, Marvin Harrison is not going to fall past three. So why not pick him first and then go pick a quarterback later on and have a two platoon quarterback system like they do in New Orleans Saints? You know, what do you think about that? Cause most of your. Most of the people call tonight. I swear they act like they drunk off that IPA from Long Snapper or something, you know? <laughs> Patrick Manley's beer. Uh, Hersh, I'm going to answer your question, but do me a favor. Lower your radio uh, while I answer this because I want to be able to ask you a follow-up. And, and my, my issue with the, my issue with the, um, with the taking Marvin Harrison Jr. is <sighs> what happens if Justin Fields, like, okay, the assumption then, and I hear what you're saying, get to get another quarterback later, but it's like how, like there's, there's a, a steep cliff that you fall off of from a quarterback standpoint where after like, you know, five quarterbacks, like I don't want Bo Nix or J.J. McCarthy. You see what I'm saying? Me, so me like, right, right. right. So I'm saying, so you, so, so it's, it's Caleb, it's Drake, it's Michael Penix. That's my, that's my three right there. And, but those guys, yeah. you're not getting those guys past like 15. You know what I mean? Like somebody's going to trade up. Or get an offensive lineman. I'm here for the offensive lineman. I'm here for the offensive lineman, but I'm also here for mm-hmm. the quarterback, right? And, 100%. And, and, and so, I, so I, think the, I think for me, the Marvin Harrison Jr. thing, and listen, does he look like an absolute monster? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. A monster, right? But, and I'm an Illinois fan. <laughs> but if, 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 if we have no one to get him the ball, right, and, and that's, gonna, that's like – now you have DJ Moore and, and Marvin Harrison, and then you know what you're going to end up being stuck with? Kirk Cousins. True story. A stats you, guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to end up yeah. with, like, and Kirk Cousins throws 4,000 yards. Not bad, right? But, like, For sure, yeah. but, 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 but how long do you have Kirk Cousins, and then what happens after that? I'm tired of that. 
I want to live forever. Right. I want to be great forever, right? Like I want, I want ten forever. years of playoffs. Forever, ever, forever, ever, forever, ever. ever. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to go to the playoffs ten years straight. So I want to. So, so I think Ryan Poles is doing a very good job of building his team for the future. He's been doing it from the second he got here. Is he gonna go ten for ten? Is he gonna bat a thousand? No, right? You're gonna make some mistakes along the way, especially when you're being aggressive. And Facts. so he's made a Claypool mistake. He's made a, you know, he made some of those, right? A Valus Jones. But overall, where the Bears are, the defense is good, mm-hmm. right? The defense is it's good. Right, and they're yeah. getting better, right? And the offense can get better. The offensive line can get better. The center position right. can be better. Like, and, right. and the quarterback can be better, right? And so take, taking someone early, right? And then still being able to draft a speedy Zay Flowers, even though he went in the first round, but somebody like that in the second, or right, getting getting a second pick, things like that to like build a team that way, while you still have Justin for another year, and like, but then you're prepped for ten years because you ended up taking a top quarterback. Is, is he going to pan out? You don't know, right? But at least, but you have a better chance of that happening, of having the number one or number two pick and taking a quarterback there than you do in the fourth or fifth round. It's so much more of a flyer then. It's not like a running back, right? So, so to me, that's what the answer is when it comes to the Marvin Harrison draft. Do I think he's an absolute stud? Do I think he'll probably be the best player in the draft? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Might might be a Hall of Famer, sure. But if we have no quarterback to throw up the damn ball, it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? It does well, not so, matter. I'm so about Justin. I'm so about Justin. And I think that, honestly, I played football my whole my whole high school career and, and little league, whatever, flag football. And I'm going to say, yes, he does hold the ball long, but what if he had an all-pro all offensive line? He would not be as horrible. But, but wait, what is that? Wait, hold on, hold on, because because I'm because I'm tired of that, right? Like, what Herschel talk to me about an all pro offensive line? What does that mean? How many of them need to be offensive? Like, we keep moving the finish line for at Justin least, Fields. At least, at least two. Okay, I, 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 I can... I'm so tired of these screens. Like, come on, run it to the right behind <laughs> behind that one guy. Uh, you know, the, the, the Tennessee yeah, guy. Yeah, come on, yeah, stop yeah, these yeah. screens. Let him be an athlete. You. Is my point. Yeah, yeah. Let him be an athlete. Yeah. They're not letting him be an athlete. He's yeah. not Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I get it. I get it. I get it, man. And it's uh it's tough, but but we can't keep moving the line for Justin Fields. We can't because you know what it is, it's triggering me when my ex wife. She used to do that all the time. She'd be like, Gabriel, you're not doing this. And then I started doing that. And then she's like, But you know what? You're not doing this. And I'm like, okay, you know, I love you. I'm gonna do that one over there. You know what? Yeah, but you still ain't doing this. And I'd be like, bro, what the hell? You keep moving the finish line. And that's how I feel sometimes we do with Justin Fields. Where it's like, yeah. Like, let's be very clear. Well, whatever. I just don't, like, like to say all pro, I get it. That's why I asked how many got to be all pro. But, I, but that's what everybody, that's what every quarterback wants. How many quarterbacks have two all pro offensive linemen on your team? There's only five spots on the offensive line for all pro. A couple with a five, probably five backups. So 10 spots. It's tough to have two of them. You know what I mean? On your offensive line, it's tough. I have a question, though. Yeah. Out of out of the whole NFC North, if you were to, like, rank the quarterbacks, where does Fields fall? I asked this question the other day, and it was with Marshall Harris, the sports director at CBS2. And I said, you know, with... Jordan Love having the performance he had on Friday, is, is Justin Fields now the worst quarterback in the NFC North? That's the question I posed in the in our pick six. I was trying to do my best Mully and Hall impersonation. I think the answer is no, because I still think Justin Fields is better than Jordan Love. Do I think that in the present? In the present. Do I think Jordan Love... Yeah, I don't know. In the present, I think Justin Fields is better than Jordan Love, and I, I don't want to go into the future. So I, I have a confession to make. I'm okay. from Detroit. I'm a Lions fan. Okay. And this is a hot take, but I would rather have Justin Fields than Jared Goff, just because if we were to have that type of player behind no. our, our offensive line, our weapons, Jameer Gibbs next to him, no. I would rather have a quarterback like that than, like, Jared Goff, who's efficient, you'd but be, he's slow you'd be, you'd be, can't do You'd be the Minnesota team that you saw today with Josh Dobbs, a guy who cannot get the ball out quick enough to then take advantage of the weapons that he has. The reason why the Detroit Lions are so good right now offensively 
is because Jared Goff can get the ball out quickly to Amon Ross St. Brown, can get it to Dave Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs on the outside, can get Sammy Laporta, you know, up the middle or, you know, to the sidelines quickly, though. If he was someone that held on to the ball too too much, whew, sheesh. But that's what Jared Goff does well. That's exactly what he does well. High completion percentage, get the ball out quickly, boom, 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 dink and dunk you, and then occasionally take that shot downfield and make you pay. Justin Fields, whoo, there'd be a regression there. I'll tell you that. But I hear what you're saying. It's the it's the electricity, it's the excitement, it's the potential for a big play. Like all that is always there with Justin Fields. But as we saw in today's game, you know, you gotta live with the other side of that too. And although it might end up in victory, whoo, it's gonna be ugly on the way there. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 to score. Taking your phone calls, Bears defeat the Minnesota Vikings 12-10. Their first win in the NFC North in 13 tries. Finally get that one up there in the division, one and three on the year. Let's go to Ed out in Joliet, man, taking these calls now. Ed, what's your thoughts on Justin Fields? Well, first of all, Gabe, I have to tell you that you are amazing. I watch Bears Unleashed for several years and uh i just love you and the panel and um you're so welcome i mean you guys are so good of how you dissect things and how you look forward to uh what they should do what they shouldn't do and uh yeah it's just a pleasure because not only do i watch it and look forward to it friday night at 10 I wait till Saturday after the uh, college games and after the news because I want to see you guys again. <laughs> and uh, I think it's been like two or three different times where you had different girls. There was a girl, um, Jared Payton's sister. Yep, yep, Brittany and, Payton. She's yeah, my favorite. Yeah, I miss her a lot. And uh, Kay Shark, who's now with WGN. Caitlin Sharkey. Yeah, Kaylin Sharkey. Jared calls calls her K Shark. <laughs> but um, you know, I don't know how much time I have with you. Um I have to tell you when I got uh somebody to answer me, he asked me what I would wanted to talk about. I said I wanna answer the question about Justin Fields. So I'll start real quick with when he was with Ohio State, he was more of a runner, and when he passed, he got the ball out and he threw for long passes. Now, tonight, I'm at least twice, Gabe, I said, Justin, throw the ball. Yeah, at Please least twice. Throw the ball. It didn't matter to if it was over their heads or if it was, you know, not quite the best throw. But at least, you know, you won't get sacked and you won't get hurt. And, you know, we don't need him to get banged up again. So it was the same thing like Mitchell Trubisky. He played 13 games in college. (laughs) So when they drafted him, when they picked him, he didn't, he couldn't really grasp things until like maybe the second or third season. And then in his fourth season, he was just coming to his own, you know, and uh, he was getting better. But, uh, you know, at best he he would be uh, a backup. Uh, and, you know, I seen a couple games when he was with Pittsburgh, Gabe, and uh, he won games for them coming off the bench. But I can remember some games with the Bears in his last season where he threw four or five touchdowns and he had 375 yards. So I think it's all on the line, you know, how you can, you know, protect the quarterback to let him do what he needs to do. Yeah, that, and, I, I hear you, Ed. And I, I mean, it's a, it's a tough position to be in. That is without question. And first, I want to say, everybody, Bears Unleashed, Friday, Saturdays, 10 o'clock, Fox 32. Make sure you check it out. Myself, Anthony Heron, and Cassie Carlson. 
I've been with that show for six years. Six years, and I've, there's been some iterations, man. I uh, I most certainly started off, that's how I got so cool with Corey Wooten. Most people are like, how'd you become cool with Corey? Well, we started on Bears Unleashed together, the TV show. And so it was myself, Corey Wooten, Brittany Payton, and Shay Pepler, who now does Sports Center for Espen. And she's, and talk about like amazing human beings. So at the time I was doing the morning show at B96, and I, was, so I wasn't working here at the score, obviously. But I was a, I was like a, what do you want to call it? An ambassador for the Bears. They gave me money to like, you know, I don't know, put on a Bears clothes or, you know, stuff like that. Because I was like somebody that wasn't a sports guy, but that loved the Bears. So that's how the whole thing started. So I was doing like social media posts for them and everything. And then when this TV show came about, Fox had just signed a new deal with the Bears, a five-year deal. They had to create programming. And then the Bears were like, hey, you should probably check out this guy on B96. He's pretty funny. He does some social media for us, whatever, whatever. That's how my whole sports career really started. And then so I was on that show. Again, you're the, so it's a former Bear, Corey Wooten. It's royalty and Brittany Payton. It's Shea Pepler, who was their, one of their main sports anchors at the time. And then Gabe. But I was holding my own, held it down. And then Brittany went out to uh, Arizona. Shea obviously went on to Espen. And then it became Caitlin Sharkey, Anthony Heron, and I. And obviously, Caitlin, Shark, Caitlin Sharkey is now on WGN. She's amazing. Caitlin Sharkey is one of my homies. And then now it's me, Ant, and then Cassie Carlson. So uh, I'm going to take a little brizzy. And then when we come back, we got Chris Emma joining the show. But still want to take a call. So after Chris Emma, we'll jump back onto those phone calls. So don't go anywhere. Right? Chris Emma. Our Bears reporter here on 670 is going to join us next. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez on the Plumbers 911 Football Monday on 670 The Score. Santos will try a Chicago 55-yard field goal. Snap is there. Ball put down. Right-footed kick is right down the middle. It's long enough, and it is good. 55-yard field goal by Cairo Santos. And the Chicago Bears have extended their lead 9-3. And finally, cash in on a turnover. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Today is a good day because the Bears won, as Ice Cube would say. But instead of a triple-double, Cairo Santos had a quadruple. Four field goals in the game to give him the victory. (laughs) 12-10. Bears take it home. But I was mentioning it all day. It's like last year... You know, the Bears were losing games, but they felt like victories. And last night, the Bears won the game, but somehow feels like a loss. Uh, And for that, we'll chat with our next guest. Joining us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Uh, He is our reporter here at 670 The Score and for Odyssey as a whole covering the Bears and Chicago's teams. It is none other than our guy, Chris Emma. Chris, what's up, man? Good evening. Gabe, what's up? Happy Victory Tuesday. Yeah, tell me about it. I don't know how happy I am, though. How happy are you, Chris? <laughs> I mean, look, you got to feel good for this team. It's a hard-earned win. They didn't play well. It doesn't matter when you're in that locker room after a game. Those guys feel great. Uh, it's a celebration that they've not had a lot of, really, the last two years. And uh, it, it's signs of a team that's continuing to fight, continuing to be competitive and believe and buy in. Uh, there was a probability that they could have gone in tonight checked out, emotionally drained after that loss to the Lions, understanding changes were coming this offseason, and the buying could have been gone, and you could have seen a really flat, unmotivated football team that got that got spanked tonight, and that wasn't the case. They came out with a spirited effort. It wasn't pretty. This is still a team that beats itself in so many ways. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of really truly defining takeaways to say they did this well. Or they, they, you know, the defense played great. The, the uh, takeaways were huge. There's a lot of big picture takeaways other than it's a good, harder win for a team that's not won a lot of games. Yeah, we're talking to Chris Emma here on 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez on your Plumbers 911 Football Monday on a Tuesday. Uh, let's talk about the takeaways. Um, I mean, you know, we go to the first half, Chris, you got two interceptions, you got two pretty decent drives, you know, your first two times down the field, and you only got three points to show for it, and then they end up tying it at halftime. I mean, 
I mean, how do you think a defense feels after, you know, being plus two in that category? I mean, they're really – the arrow's pointing up there, and it's good to see. First of all, I'll give credit. Matt Eberfuss has done a really good job as a defensive coordinator. Like, since stepping in and all the adversity of Alan Williams leaving and this staff needing to re- reboot things, he's done really well calling the plays. And he said, too, when I asked him after the game, what's led you to this turnaround? He said, it's continuity. It's having all these guys together. And they've stayed committed. Uh, even through a difficult run this season, they continue to believe that they can – be the reason why they're winning games. Four takeaways. It's now eight in the last two games. This unit is playing really well. Uh, you've seen the talent kind of rise above. Came with Johnson now with the three picks on the season. Kaquan Brisker gets one. Kyler Gordon gets one with an excellent effort. T.J. Edwards has had a terrific season. It's great to see him get another one as well. So, um, yeah, it's a good night for this defense, and it's been kind of a continued trend. Now, Chris, would you say that – this this was a great performance against a crappy team, or is this a great performance that could be duplicated regardless of who's in front of them? I mean, it's a winning formula. You know, taking care of the football, winning the turnover battle. I know they lost the two fumbles late, but, like, you win the turnover margin, you control the, the, the time of possession, and you're able to make those winning plays down the stretch. You're going to win games. And that's what the Bears should have done last week, eight days ago, now nine days ago in Detroit when – they did the same thing, and they weren't able to pull through. Um, look, it's winning ugly. They are still not a good football team by any means. They are still a team that beats itself in a lot of ways, and this should have been a sizable win for the Bears. They were the better team tonight. They were the better team in Detroit during that loss in a heartbreaking fashion. This is a team that's starting to play better to some degree, but also still beats itself in so many ways. Uh, they haven't earned those decisive wins. You've seen a few of them that that, that commanders win back in early October. And, but those are rare. Those are the exceptions. And uh, it's nice to see this team get rewarded for hard work and pulling through. It's been a tough run for this team, but uh, this is a good win. Yeah, it is a good win. I mean, I think overall, you know, you saw some – Yeah, it's like any other game, right? It's tough to win in the NFL. You saw Jaquan Brisker at the end of the game just on his knees, like – Jeez, just exhausted, dejected at the very yeah. end. Because it's tough to get one of those, right? And sometimes they do come in, in an ugly form like they did last night uh, with this Chicago Bears team. And you talk about the defense having an arrow pointing up. Well, what else has an arrow pointing up for you, Chris? I, I admit, if I'm a Bears fan, if I'm Ryan Poles, especially, I'm happy to see Justin Fields have that winning moment. Like, you've been waiting for that. Uh, Justin Fields is being evaluated with his future on the line, the Bears quarterback future on the line. Six games in going into tonight, now five games left. Really, the criteria is kind of simple. Like, you can evaluate it a bunch of different ways, but the Bears want to see Justin Fields leading victories. That's the most important thing for Justin Fields. Now, he did that tonight. He got the job done. Third and 10, Mikey's 49-yard line. He hits a strike to D.J. Moore. Excellent design. The play they rehearsed many times before in practice. They felt really confident with that call. Justin Fields tipped his cat to Luke Getz. He said he loves that that call in that spot. And they hit. Justin Fields leads the win. Uh, we've seen him so many times when you get in that spot. And they come up short. And it's a, it's a fumble. It's an interception. It's a three. Now, whatever it is, it's, just, it's falling flat. Justin Fields came through tonight is the reason why they won down the stretch. And he made the big play they needed, and the Bears got the job done. And they certainly did. Uh, Bears defeat the Minnesota Vikings 12-10. to Justin Fields on the day. Yeah, what would you say about his game today, right? 27 for 37, got a high completion percentage, got over 30 attempts, over 200 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, what what'd you think about the game with Justin Fields as a whole? You saw growth. I compare that to – the first half he played against the Vikings back in October when he was overwhelmed by their pressure. I picked the Vikings tonight. I thought the Vikings were going to pull through because they were going to get after Justin Fields and Brian Forrest was going to have Fields' number and they're going to be rushing six, seven, eight, and it'd just be tough for Justin. And they did that. The Vikings did that, but Justin made plays. You saw him. What you want to see so much more of him is buying time with his legs to create opportunities in the passing game. He, this season in particular, he's been scrambling to create opportunities as a passer. That's considerable growth. Last year, he saw him scrambling because he didn't trust his guys outfield. He didn't look to make that play. He tucked it and ran it. He's now making plays because of his ability to buy time and his abilities. Uh, through those talents to get out there and make a play on the edge. And he saw him so many times get out, escape that pressure, 
buy himself an opportunity and hit that throw. Uh, that's great to see. That's a young quarterback who's continuing to evolve and continuing to show the strides that you want to see from him right now. It's year three. You're evaluating your future. You're evaluating his future. He's taking some positive strides here. There's some promise here you're seeing. We're talking to Chris Emma, our reporter here on 670 to score covering the Bears. Uh, it's Gabe Ramirez uh, right here on Live and Local on your overnights. Talk to me about the last drive of the game for Justin Fields. It was odd to me, you know, we're talking about Brian Flores and what you envisioned, and I envisioned the same thing, you know, him putting pressure as he did the whole entire game. And then comes that fourth quarter drive, and you saw them just rush three and drop back eight. And <laughs> nothing that they did, and I understand, you know, keeping things in front of you, but the, the bread and butter was putting pressure on Justin Fields, and it seems like they got away from that in that last drive. They did. We've seen that before, right? We saw it in Detroit, the Bears. Sixth place, 75 yards, and Jerry Goff uh, leads them back in that victory. Like, you see these coaches too often get soft in these coverages and get away from the game plan that's working. And, uh, yeah, Justin took advantage of that, but biggest spot in the game, and he was getting backed up. He saw the Vikings dialed up a little bit more, third and 10, 49-yard line, and there it is. It's a great play for the Bears. Uh, DJ Moore made an excellent cut. Justin found him. He said he didn't feel anything in the moment. There was no panic. There was no concern. No pass he rush. Make that play. <laughs> yeah, no pass rush, too. I mean, uh, tip your cap. Uh, Justin Fields and the Bears adapted in that spot. It, it can go the other way, right? It, they were some three- and four-man rushes from the Vikings, but that means you're going to get seven or eight in coverage, and the Bears found a way to beat it. Uh, Justin really played well in that drive. Yeah, that's a good reminder that, you know, despite what we think about Justin and the game as a whole, you you still got to make those throws. You still got to find your receivers, and you still got to follow through and, and execute. And, and he certainly did that on that last drive. Uh, Chris, let's talk about the, the running game for a little bit of the Chicago Bears. You've seen two weeks in a row Justin Fields having more rushing attempts, or the most rushing attempts, I should say, out of anyone. Uh, Roshan getting 10 today, Khalil just six. If, if Deontay Foreman comes back healthy, is it still going to be the pecking order that was at the beginning of the season? Because remember, last week, Khalil was coming back. So I can understand where Deontay Foreman was still holding on to that lead running back role. But if he comes back healthy, what was that running back room going to look like? Yeah, Gabe, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you because um, Matt Airfuss was asked about Roshan getting a role today. And he kind of said, well, you know, we didn't have Deontay out there. Like, in theory, it should be Roshan Johnson as the young guy for now a 4 eight football team getting those opportunities to show, showcase himself as that lead back. But, these coaches know that they're facing pressure to prove themselves and, and earn their place and win football games. And they got to do what's best for them. They got to put themselves in the best position. That, that's what it comes down to when you do have coaches who are in these spots. And we've seen it many times before with the Bears. Like, you start putting yourself and you put what's best for winning a game over what's best for player development. And it can get lost. It can be a difficult proposition that can sacrifice some players' individual development. But uh, you saw Roshan step in tonight. He got that role without Deontay Foreman. They have trust in him. They have a lot of belief in him. 10 carries, 35 yards, but he did have some good runs. You saw him continuing to finish those runs forward. Um, that's a good Vikings defense you're running against. There's not a ton of opportunities there, but um, we'll see. Deontay Foreman should be back after that bye week. Uh, I would think he's going to go back to being kind of that lead back for the Bears, but you never know. Maybe they recalibrate. Maybe it is Roshan Johnson leading the way. Yeah, and I – I mean, it, that that could be the case, and it would be interesting if, if that is. And, and you're right. When you're talking about the Bears, understanding that there's there's some fire there. you got to put some victories together if you want to even attempt at keeping your job. And then that takes me to, you know, a, a certain moment in the in the late in the fourth quarter where the Bears were trying to put together a little drive, uh, and it was third and three. Actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, middle of the third. Um, they were trying to put the drive together, and, you know, in, in third and short situations, they ended up running the ball instead of, you know, letting Justin Fields complete what he was probably giving Tyson Bages the opportunity to complete, you know, which is an easy, simple three- to five-yard pass. Did you feel like it was more so lack of faith in Justin Fields, right, where, to your point, they wanted to just make sure they got the first down and they said, hey, we'd rather run it? Or do you think that that was just what was working best against the Vikings in the moment? I think there was a lot of recognition to what the Vikings are going to do with that pressure. Avoiding those mistakes from Justin Fields, whether it's a, a sack that takes you, into, you know, from second and short into third and long, or whether it's a, uh interception or whatever it is, I, 
Look, there's a lot of complaining about why did they throw so many screens, and it was way too many screens. The Vikings were zero in on that down the, the second half and down the stretch, but that was the coaching staff acknowledging that they didn't have a lot of faith in Justin Fields against this pressure. They knew that he has to get the ball out quickly. you got to design it that way. Uh, they overdid it. They, they should have recalibrated a little bit and, and made some adjustments where you're doing short throws and quick decisions but not constantly screens. It doesn't have to be that. Um, there was adjustments they could have made offensively. I think they were so set on just avoiding those critical mistakes from fields where the Vikings pressure does get to him. And that was part of why they did run the ball a lot of those spots, to, to your point. We're talking to Chris Emma here on 670, the score, Gabe Ramirez. So talk to me about who will be back in your mind next year of the three. Will it be all three, one, two, when it comes to Getsy, Flus, and Justin Fields? Goodness, yeah, it's uh, these, <laughs> these five games left are the proving ground, and they take you good strides here. These last two games, like there is a possibility where Justin Fields is able to save Matty Berflus's job, and vice versa. It, the Bears are able to play complimentary football. And their quarterback is, even if he's not great, if you are producing these wins, like this is a three-year plan for Ryan Poles, and they're in year two. They're getting better, making strides. They're not anywhere near where they want to be and anywhere near contention, but they are improving. So they're, they're making marginal progress towards the identity they want. So um, we'll see. It, 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 I would right now probably think Matty Rufus is not going to be back. Uh, I, that's speculation. That's not anything I've heard definitively, of course. And there's still a lot of time, as I said, to prove this. I think if Matty Rufus is gone, Justin Fields is probably gone as well, especially if you're picking first or second, but you never know. Maybe the Panthers have a couple more wins than them, and they turn that first or second overall pick, and they're suddenly third or fourth, and you're not in that prime position for Caleb Williams or Drake May. Um, as, in terms of Getsy, I would love to know what Matt Abrafus thinks. I, I'm sure Matt Abrafus is more focused on his own job at the moment, and as opposed to if I am back, what am I doing with the coaching staff? I, I haven't really even thought about that one just because there's so many layers above with Getsy that have to be addressed right now, but um, it's interesting, you know, you, you saw you're seeing a blueprint to victory. It, it's not pretty right now, but they want wins. They want the wins any way they can get them, and you got one tonight. Chris, I appreciate you jumping on, man. Always a pleasure to hear your thoughts on this Chicago Bears team, and it'll be interesting to see what these last five weeks are uh, got in store for us. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fascinating finish, a lot of big picture dynamics to each game, and there's intrigue. We'll see where the Bears go from here. Love it. Chris, Emma, Make sure you guys follow him on Twitter. Just great stuff as always. And he, he got some great reporting as well. I mean, writes up some great stories. It's a great read. So make sure you guys follow him. All right. It's uh, Gabe Ramirez right here on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday on a Tuesday, presented by BC Bank. And it's not a game, Illinois.com. Like, when you talk about an all star lineup, like, even if you were to just, I was at the bar and I was like, yeah, he's like, why do you work it over? I said, because it's a big deal. Football Monday on a Tuesday is a big deal here on the score. Why? And I said, dude, you see the guy that just caught that ball? He's going to be on the score at 8 o'clock, DJ Moore. That's how crazy the show. But it, it begins even before that. Obviously, I'm going to be hanging out with you till 5 o'clock. Then Dustin Rhodes got the pregame show, 5 to 5.30. That's when Mully and Haw jump on. And their guests are as follows. Olin Krutz jumps on at 7.00. Dave wants that, 7.25. DJ Moore, 8 o'clock, and then Brad Biggs at 9. And then Jaquan Brisker, 10.30 with Bernstein and Holmes. And then my brother on Bears Unleashed, Anthony Heron, is going to be jumping on at 12. Tim Jenkins, the football guru, at 1. Then Parkinson Spiegel jump on. They got Kurt Warner at 2.40. Peter King, yes, that Peter King jumps on at 3.30. Mark Grody at 4. That's the more important person there, Groats. And then slightly, just like a tick above Mark Grody, Jalen Johnson, the man himself, is going to be on with Parkinson Spiegel at 5 o'clock. Must set your alarm so that you can be listening to that one. Last week I tried to set my alarm, and I the alarm went off, and then I like did something real quick, and then by the time I turned to 6.70, he was like, four minutes into his convo, and I was so bummed. And I know I can go list it on the Odyssey app, but there's something about, like, you know, setting an alarm and still missing it. But most certainly, you want to stay here all day on 670 to score so that that way uh, you can get your fix. Hearing it from the horse's mouth. DJ Moore, Jaquan Brisker, Jalen Johnson, 8, 1030, 
and 5 p.m. respectively. All right, let's go back out to the phone lines. Let's take some calls. 312-644-6767. Let's go to Tom. Tom, talk to me about Justin Fields and what you think could help him. Well, okay. I think – now, I am I guess I'm a little too old school for everybody in this world, but um, I think at least not – don't be afraid to teach him to take the ball under center and get a snap. And then I've heard people say, you know, you take the ball under center, you get a snap, you go back, you're in rhythm, you have a tempo, you have a field. A lot of times – They'll snap the ball to him. He's standing flat-footed, and he's waiting for his receivers to uh, run the pattern. And, and I think the deer in the headlights thing comes over. I think if you if, at least experiment and try to uh, to get him to get the snap under center. Now, of course, I'm also of the belief that maybe sometimes if you have two backs in the backfield, you could run some misdirection. And I guess the worst thing for the Bears is they're predictable. Okay, so all this – is kind of related to how predictable they are and, and how afraid they are to let fields develop. And we've talked about it all night about the inability to pass the ball downfield. I mean, I'm pulling my hair out watching these screenplays. But remember, when Fields first came in and when he played, and people have noted this earlier in the show, he can throw a very nice ball down the field, and he can be extremely accurate. It's just he's an enigma because I don't know <laughs> – I want him to be the guy. I think he's got brilliant talent, but I, and the coaching, uh, I'm very questionable on. So I just thought maybe they could try some different things. And I, of course, I hate the shotgun inside the 20. I think the new rule should be no shotgun inside the 20 yard line. Um, I just despise it. So, I mean, that's what I think. Yeah, Tom, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I think, you know, going under center certainly has its moments. I know, you know, from doing a ton of post games with Corey Wooten, he hates he hates being in shotgun inside the ten yard line, or in any you know short situation, third and two, fourth and one, you know anything like that. He hates the shotgun. He just thinks it gives the the lineman, a, you know, he, what he said was, if I see them back in a gun and it's a short situation, well, I'm. I'm already rushing the quarterback because it might be a pass. He's like, but I'm anticipating the run, so I'm already just closing the pocket naturally when I see them in the gun, whereas under center it could be a little different. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, listen, Justin can certainly take the ball from under center. I think they want to give him more more time to process and just stand there instead of having to then worry about, you know, getting the snap, taking your three-step drop, and then reading the field at the same time, I think that's what they're trying to just minimize those things. Accurate downfield, I mean, when you're talking about being at Ohio State with, like, the biggest dudes for offensive linemen, and then you're throwing it to, you know, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, like, it's, I mean, those are really good receivers. Two NFL, like, stud NFL receivers you were throwing it to in college against teams that were not NFL quality. Like, yeah, I'm sure you're probably throwing dimes to these people. And then the one thing that you said, Tom, that really resonated with me and a lot of people that are listening is that you want Justin Fields to be the guy. And that's okay. Because I think we all do as fans of the Chicago Bears, myself included, like I would love for Justin Fields to make me look like a fool. And for Justin Fields to turn it on and be the man, I would I would love to be able to come on this radio and be like, I am a fool. Justin Fields, hard eye emoji, you're the man. Because we want him to be the guy. And just it's, it's disappointing sometimes, but uh, that's why we're fans, because we watch. Let's go back out to the, uh, to the phone lines, 312-644-6767. Let's go to... Legrand's Brian? Is that right? I, yes, that's, that is right. Okay, glad I said uh, that right. Justin Fields is the best athlete in Chicago, period. Okay? Now, when he, beat, when he had Washington beat, he threw four touchdowns. He came back and scored four more. Oh, eight touchdowns. It was against Denver. Denver is really winning right now. All these excuses. 
I like Justin Fields, but do you know when you say who likes Justin Fields, the people that don't like him are going to call? And it's hard, young man, to play inside Minnesota's big dome with all those people hollering at you. Have you ever thrown a touchdown with 10 pounds getting on your back with all the people like yourself critiquing him? Do you know how much pressure that would be? Or do we keep him? He Fields don't care about what anybody think about him. He's a gentleman. Now, they, they boo him at Soldier Field. You know why they boo him at Soldier Field? Because a lot of guys on the radio say, can he play? What are you looking at? What do you not see? 27 for 32. Is that a good? Is that good? Oh, he fumbled. Okay. Twice. Josh Allen, Josh Allen fumbled. Josh Allen threw an exception. Josh Allen does a lot. But Josh, be- Josh Allen's is better than Justin Fields, though. But, but, but he, did, he lost. He have gone to Super Bowl. He lost last night. But you give him that credit. He, he throw all kind of interceptions, but he never get critiqued. Oh, come on, Josh. And when he run the ball, oh, he's big, running the ball. When Jeff Spears run the ball, oh, he might get hurt. Stop making excuses. Let me ask you a question, sir. Justin Fields is the best quarterback the Bears have had in the last 20 years. Now, you go find McNown and all those other guys. No, just find Jay Cutler. Well, well, Jay Cutler, he took all the money. He he can't see. He won one playoff game. Stop. Still hey, th- hold on, wait, wait, wait. Let's stop. Let's let's just take a break because we, can, we can't we can't keep going. We can't keep, on, keep we can't keep going from argument to argument to argument to argument. Right? We got to stop. It's not an argument. It's points. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Listen, I know who all you right. are. You know who I am. We talk all the time. And we know this conversation how this goes, right? But but let's have a real one, you know? Because I I I I hear you saying that, but I want to stop at Josh Allen for a second, right? And I want okay. and, and I want to I want to I want you to tell me then, right? Fine. Okay. You have naysayers yeah. about Justin Fields, but you yourself, out of the 30 teams in the NFL, where does Justin Fields fall in the ranking for you in terms of how, like, where he stands in quarterbacks? Like, where does he fall? The, the top 15. Period. Okay. That's what okay. I said. And I've said, and right. I've agreed with that. I've agreed. I said, I said, I said, he's. I say he's not a top 10 quarterback. That's my issue with Justin Fields. Right? He's not a top 10 quarterback. I say you can you can make the argument for 10 to 15. Sure, and 13 to 17 is where. I always say he falls in, but we can go 10 to 15. But he's not a top 10 quarterback. Let me ask you a question. When you asked about Justin Fields, if you say Ty Bajan, oh, Ty Bajan, they don't don't boo him in Soldier Field. Come on, Ty, because they say good things. And guess what? The guy told you about conspiracy. I don't put it past Gasket. He found Ty Bajan at the Senior Bowl. And who, who, who else in the NFL got a? Division two quarterback. Who else? <laughs> right, I'm asking right. you. Now, if you say the Philadelphia Eagles line, the San Francisco 49ers line, and Buffalo Bills line is not better than the Bears, you got to have a line. You don't have a line. Stop. You don't have a line. I mean, here's a, okay. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you're talking about the he three best teams in the NFL, though. You know what I'm of saying? Course. Like, like, that's, but that's what I'm saying. But like, you're you're. You're not only holding him to a standard, you're holding him to the gold standard in the NFL. And you're saying, like, if he had the three best teams in the league, then he'd be okay. good. Like, that's an unfair thing to do, right? Like, you got to get your team to that place, too. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Gabe, can I give you one? Yeah. A, a friend of mine called from Louisiana tonight. He said, what's wrong with the offense coordinator for the Bears? Terrible. He's trying to get the kid hurt. He said he keep running the same play over and over. He's terrible. I he think Lugetsi's terrible. But 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 he found uh, uh, Bajan and and the senior bowl. Look what I found. Oh, I can develop this guy. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he also was just some uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Was he Aaron Rodgers quarterback? Yep, coach? Aaron Rodgers quarterback coach. Yep. But he don't call the plays for Green Bay. He sure doesn't. Okay, so quit giving him that credit. No zero and, and, zero and my, zero credit. Again, my friends say when Fields did something on his own, he said, "Guess it looked like he was upset." He said, "I don't think he liked that kid." <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and I, and I well, used to. Hey, 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 Talked. Hey, Gabe. Now, Warren. You haven't heard from Warren. Warren not talking. Warren can't do anything McCaskey don't tell him to do. Poles cannot do Jack Diddley unless McCaskey. He ain't gonna spend McCaskey money. Put all the people in Soldier Field and pack pack the house. And get get the money. Right, get right. The money. Okay, 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 <laughs> okay. And before I let you go, before I let you go, before I let go you ahead. go, what's the solution? What's the solution? Let Fields be himself. Let him play. Get him out on the edge. Now, let me ask you a question, Gabe. Last year when he was the leading rusher in the whole league, 
They sit him the last game. He needed 70 yards. Because guess what you would have been saying now? He has the record for the most rushing yards any quarterback in the NFL. But they didn't want that to happen. Let's sit him down because he ain't sitting down because he's going to get it. You didn't want him to break the record. Come on, man. No, come on, Gabe. I hear you. I hear, I hear what you're saying. I get it. I get it. And I do love I, I do love your passion for Justin Fields and pointing out the what you feel is the inaccuracies and assessment of JF1. And I and you're consistent with that. And I, I do I do want to point that out. He is always consistent when he calls in to anybody. And he calls into all the shows and lets them know like, "Hey, I don't like how you're talking about Justin Fields." It's just it's it's I think it's it's equally as hard to make an argument for him as to make one strongly against him, right? Because there are moments where he shows you that he can be really good. So it's hard to be like, Justin Fields sucks and he's not that dude. And then it's really hard to be like, why can't everybody see what I see? Justin Fields is amazing. His offensive coordinator sucks. His offensive line sucks. The team, everything sucks. So it's hard to make those arguments on either extreme uh, you know, of opinion because there's that a lot of us in the middle that are like, I don't really know, man. <laughs> you know? I think people are just in love with the potential. They love his potential so much that they think when he fails that it's everybody else's fault. Right, because I think the assumption is you're like, oh, he can run, so we should just be able to teach him to pass well. And once we teach him to pass – no, the problem was the, the first argument was he has no offensive line and no weapons, which was very true. But now that you got weapons and a better offensive line, it's now like, you know, you see it, but you're like, can he can you know, can he can he be coached to doing it be, to do it better? And what you've watched so far this year is like, ooh, he still looks like he did last year. Little inconsistent, little flashes of greatness, but just not enough during a game to put four quarters together consistently, right? And that's what Matt Eberfus asked from Justin Fields. All right, uh, going to take a break. I need to go refill my water cup. So, uh, But I'm ready to talk. So hit my line, man, 312-644-6767. Got Robbie Triano. He's going to be the one answering your calls, putting you on hold so we can chat uh, about these bears on the other side. All right, 312-644-6767. It's Gabe Ramirez live and local right here. On Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score.